This message you're about to listen to is brought to you by Victory Inheritance Ministries, the City of Hope. As you listen, may the Holy Spirit minister to you in the simplicity of the Word of God. Uh, what's yesterday, right? The uh, morning glory. Can I see your hand up? What were you doing at home? You know, Apostle, uh, it's not just for Vimites. I was discussing with Mama. That program is not just for Vimites. Time is going to come that this, thank God for God, that God is building his, uh, his church. Time is going to come, that morning glory, <laughs> it will be more than a Sunday service. Please don't miss morning glory. Amen? That's all I can tell you. Don't miss morning glory. It's just one hour, but a lot is happening in that service. Hallelujah. Let's run. First Samuel 24. We're still talking about doors. Were you here on Wednesday? Yes. You were here on Friday? Yes. Sorry, you were here on Saturday? Yes. Uh-huh. And you're here today. The stone has been rolled away. Yes. Amen. So this time we're going to be talking about great doors. You know, the Bible talked about in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, that a great door and effectual has been opened, but there are many adversaries. Now, I'm going to show you the different kinds of adversary, but that's not where we're going this morning. Not there yet. Amen. 1 Samuel 24, I want to show you something. David, the Lord brought him all the way from the wilderness to the palace. Amen. And then the same king saw that he used to play the harp for each time the evil spirit comes uh, over him. Now wants to kill David. And David has been anointed, what? King. He's the only one in the scripture that was anointed three times. The first time was before his brethren. The second time was over Judah. Then the last one was over the whole of Israel. Hallelujah. So there was a time he was running for his life. And Paul, sorry, Saul, King Saul had 3,000 men pursuing David just to get one man. But you know, there's a business that every individual has to take care of. As long as you're a human being, you have to do that business. Amen? We call it, is it that you're doing number one or you're doing number two? Amen? Number one is just, uh, you can do that uh, in Nigeria here. We do it anyhow, anywhere. But number two, you try to hide yourself. And that kind of business, you must stoop down. Do you, how many of you is with me? Uh, you understand where I'm going? There are businesses and there are businesses. If the number two catch you anywhere, ah, amen? Why is your face so, nobody is smiling. Except from this direction. 1 Samuel 24, from 1. And it came to pass, when Saul was returned from following the Philistines, that it was told him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Does anybody have the amplified version of the Bible here? Okay, in a while, you're going to read uh, 3 for me, verse 3. Then 2. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all Israel and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. Now, can I read three for me? Because King James talks about um, he covered, Saul went in to cover his feet. 
But the amplified version. He came to the sheepfold on the way. Went into relieve himself. So he went in to relieve himself. But King James talks about Saul went in to cover himself. He came to where there was a cave. So he went to relieve himself. You have to cover your feet when you're removing your clothes to do number two, right? Yes. Uh, uh, don't you do number two? Uh, you know. Uh -huh. Go ahead, please. Now, David and his men were sitting on the cave in a most in Amos recesses. Okay, that's okay now. Yeah. David, the same cave that Saul came to, David was already inside the cave with his men, but inside. Now, those 3,000 men that were with the king, of course, they have to stay aside because the king has to take care of some serious business. So, but the cave, the king entered to take care of his business. David was inside that cave with his men. So, as he was doing his poopoo, David and his men were watching. Hallelujah. So what happened? His men now said to David, now look at the enemy. You can just take him off now. Take him out of the way. We are talking about what? Doors. But David did not. He said, I will not do what? Touch the Lord's anointed. All he did was to go and cut a little bit of Saul's uh, garment. So you can imagine as he was doing that, he didn't even know. I wonder how David must have gone. So it really took some time to do that business. You know, sometimes it takes time. Uh-uh. Amen? The ones that laughed, I know it takes them time. Amen. So David went and caught a little bit of Saul's clothes. And then he got up and dressed himself and went out. And David called him, my father. I had the opportunity to kill, to kill you, but I didn't do anything. Because I cannot lay my hands on the Lord's anointed. Yes, I know you're anointed. I'm anointed as well. Saul was anointed. David was anointed. But David recognized the fact that this man is the one in authority as of now. I cannot talk against him. I cannot go behind his back to do some certain things. Even if he's making mistakes, he's what? The Lord's anointed. I have the opportunity to take him out of the way and ascend the throne. After all, I'm anointed. He's anointed, I'm anointed. But I can't touch him. Why? God presented a door before him. And I was telling people on yesterday, I said, you have to be able to recognize a good door and a bad door. Yes, God anointed you, took you from the wilderness. Yes, everything is pointed to the fact that you have to ascend the throne. But he said, no, the scripture says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. I'm going to obey the word of the Lord. This man is over me. No matter the mistake I think as a person that is making, <laughs> he's what? Not David's anointed, but God's anointed. This one is a bad door. My men, mighty men of David, uh-uh. We can't touch him. And at the end of the day, 
Saul died, Jonathan died, and David what? Ascended the throne. Hallelujah. Talking about doors. This morning, I'm speaking on great doors. Because we're still going to come back to the angel that rolled back that stone. Joseph had a dream. God opened a window to his destiny and he was able to have a dream that this is who you are. And he began to tell his father and all that. And his brother was, do you mean that you're gonna be, <laughs> we're going to bow before you, you, number 11? So many prophecies has gone forth concerning your lives. And it looks as if nothing is happening. The father made a coat of many colors for him. The next thing, he landed in the pit. From the pit, he was sold as a slave. Yet, his dream was pointing a great door has been opened unto you. But there are many adversaries. When am I going to enter this great door? And then he landed in Potiphar's house. From one stage to the other, each time it was as if things are true with him, another problem comes, another problem comes, another problem. By this time, he's even speaking the Egyptian language. Do you know that by the time his brethren came, when they bowed and all that, they did not recognize Joseph. But he recognized them. Even his tone, they could not recognize. His eyes, the way he walked. Because he was 17 when he left home. His family could not recognize any of those. And so when Potiphar's wife tempted him, he ran away. He held to his clothes. What was Joseph saying? He said, Potiphar's wife, you're what? You're an adversary. A great door has been opened unto me. But there are what? Many adversaries. And she recognized Potiphar's wife as what? An adversary. Yet he didn't know how he's going to enter that door. And he landed in prison. It was from that prison, we all know the story, that he interpreted a dream. Even the butler did not remember him. But God caused Pharaoh to dream. And nobody could interpret that dream. And God was like... Joseph, you've been interpreting dreams. I'm not going to use the king, the king Pharaoh, to interpret your own dream that you could not interpret. Hallelujah. So by the time he interpreted Pharaoh's dream and, and, and all that, he said, <laughs> how can we have anyone like this one? In fact, it's only... Me, that is above you in the kingdom. Any other thing, go through Joseph. And that was the dream Joseph had been having over the years. And he became number two man. The prime minister. Amen? Hallelujah. What am I trying to tell you? Not all doors are good doors. But be sensitive to recognize a good door and a bad door. I've opened unto you a great door. But there are what? Many adversaries. If you had stayed with Potiphar's wife and offended God, you think he will ascend the throne? 
If David had killed Saul, you think it would be the same story? Amen. And God saw David's heart and said, this man is a man after my own heart. If he can take care of sheep that cannot talk back to him in the wilderness, this one will take care of my, my children. And he made him king. Hallelujah. Amen. That was why in Genesis 45, verse 8 or thereabout, Pharaoh called who? Joseph, father. He became a father unto Pharaoh, the king. Hallelujah. A slave, ex-convict. The king is now calling him. He became a father to the king of Egypt in a strange land. A great door. What God is going to do in victory inheritance is beyond your imagination, my imagination. Our brain is too small to comprehend it. Haste. You have started already. You are moving into levels that no man can imagine. And it's all to the glory of the Most High God. You know, God, as I was standing there, said, so I remember, I said, he reminded me of what happened. So he said, get ready because God is going to mess you up in a good way. Amen. Amen. I um, was able by God's grace to recognize a door sometime last year. A friend of mine was to minister in a church in, um, in uh, Ottawa. And so he invited me. I was in Montreal. So I said, so when I came, he introduced me as, oh, Prophetess Deborah. And I said, oh, why don't you greet the church? We'll give you 10 minutes. I knew it was a door. I said, 10 minutes is even too much. And by the time the Holy Ghost took over, right there, I was invited to minister in a women's conference. But what happened was, when I came for the women's conference, when I came out, it was all these, uh, I said, I thought it was women's conference. All these bishops and uh, all these white people. Ministers and all that, I said. So they introduced me to one man, he's about 80-something years. And they said he's the, the, f the, black, the first black man that started the first Pentecostal church in um, Ottawa for something years ago. So, <laughs> and I was like, with this kind of people that are here, what am I going to preach? I said, Holy Ghost, prove yourself. Amen? And then, after the meeting and all that, I left. Came back a couple of months later, the bishop said he wanted to meet with me. So when he came, immediately he came and, uh, with the wife and all that, and we were talking, and it was time for us to pray. And the Lord said to me, ask him what he has to do with the government. So I said, Bishop, sir, that um, this is what the Lord is telling me. And to tell you that whatever you have with the government is already done. And the man busted in tears. When he was done, it was, God messed me up. God messed me up big time. Amen? So that was where I borrowed that language. I don't want to go into the details of what the Lord did for him. But I'm ready this morning for God to mess me up big time in a good way. Amen? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. 
So God is going to mess us a big time. In what? In a good way. In a good way. Hallelujah. I want us to turn to our Bibles to Matthew 27. 27, and I need the um, media to help me. Matthew 27, we're going to be reading from 62. We are talking about doors. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, remember that that deceiver, they're referring to Jesus, while he was yet alive, after three days, the, that deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days, I will rise again. Command therefore that the sepulchre be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people he's risen from the dead so that the last error shall be worse than the first. He said, make the sepulchre sure. Pilate said unto them, you have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulchre, sepulchre sure. Sealing what? Sealing what? And doing what? Setting a watch. They sealed that stone. And they set a watch, watching that place. In the end of the Sabbath, it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great what? Earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven. Somebody's going to have a divine visitation. Amen. And came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Go ahead. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake. Who are the keepers? The keepers are those ones that were set to watch the sepulchre that was sealed. Now they were shaking already. All those small, small demons that they are signing against you, God has destroyed them in Jesus' name. And he said, and they became as dead men. They were assigned to go and watch. They sealed the stone and they were assigned to watch over the stone. But when the angel descended, there was a shaking and earthquake. And those watchers were like dead men. And the angel answered, that's okay. Praise God. And of course, Jesus rose from the dead. Now while Jesus was alive, I'm going to come there. While Jesus was alive, there was a meeting in heaven and he decided and agreed to come and pay the price to give his life for you and I. I don't know how much you love any man or woman that you're willing to give your life for them. But Jesus gave his life for us. There was a point in time at the Garden of Gethsemane when he was telling his disciples, can't you even pray even if it's for one hour? And as he was praying, sweat was like drops of blood. You know, I love David so much that he said, even in his trouble, he gave. Jesus was in so much pain. But he knew that that pain was gainful. Hallelujah. He knew that what? The pain was gainful. I want you to see what David did in, in, in uh, 1 Chronicles 22. 
from verse 14. First Chronicles 22, 14. And behold, in my trouble, I have prepared for the house of the Lord and hundred thousand talents of gold. In his what? Trouble. You know, he wanted to build the house of God and God said, David, you cannot because your hands have been soaked with blood. And David said, well, God said, do not build. At least God didn't say, do not give what you have. I will make preparation for what? The building of the house of God. And, God, and the Bible said, in his trouble, he prepared for the house of the Lord. A hundred thousand talents of gold. A thousand thousand talents of silver. And of brass. Iron without weight. For it is in abundance. Timber all, also and stone have I prepared. And thou must add yet. And you may do what? Add to it. Moreover, there are workmen with thee in abundance. Hewers and workers of stone and timber. And all manner of cunning men for every manner of work. Of gold, the silver, and the brass, and the iron. There is no number. Arise therefore and be doing, and the Lord be with thee. He was talking to his son Solomon. He said, you might add to it. Victory Inheritance Ministries that I believe all of you that are here must have sown seeds. Even pain. Can I have the books, please? Where's Bosu? Must have sown seeds, given sacrificially. Thank you, thank you. Must have given sacrificially that the work is going on. The God we serve is an awesome God. We're not here, and I know most of you know that for sure or anything. This is serious business. I remember when one of my sons, he never met me. I've shared a testimony here. And he read one of my books, Dimensions of Glory, and he contacted me and he sowed his seed and all that. And um, I prayed for him over the phone and I told him God was going to surprise him. And after about a month, um, somebody... Um, because it's like someone living, let me use an example. In Lagos, we believe that, um, as is, I believe if there's anyone living there, it's not, uh, I'm not saying that to bring you down or anything. In fact, I pray that as you hear the testimony, yours will be more than this testimony in the name of Jesus. So he was living like somewhere like you, you can say like a Jagunle in, in Lagos. And then God, after that prayer and his seed, the Lord used somebody to give him an apartment. That was what 70,000 US dollars. I've shared this testimony here. So he was like screaming and all that and called me and told me what God has done. I said, oh, that's awesome. We thank God, but that's not what God is telling me. So I was away and then uh, only to get back after a couple of weeks, I found out that um, he has sown another seed. And you know, there are seeds and there are seeds. This one moved me. Like Isaac that said to, uh, to Esau, go and get me that food I, I like, the venison. That I may what? After I've eaten, I will bless you. So that seed moved me. And I said to him, I was moved, and I said, if I be a prophet of God, 
that in the next six months that God will make him a millionaire in U.S. dollars. He's an American. And he screamed, Amen. The God we serve is an awesome God. He's indescribable. His ways are past finding out. His ways. For God to bless you and what he has started here, I think this is the fifth car you're dedicating. You're counting cars. Time is coming. You won't even be able to count again. It will happen from all sides. And I don't know why my heart, as I was sitting there, because I'm going to call you out in a short while, the, um, the, the drummers and, you know, God is about to do something in you people's life. This one, this one's wearing the black uh, top. Yeah. He said, call them out, lay hands on them, and declare blessing upon them. Amen. And so, I prayed with him and told him in six months, God will make him a millionaire, if I be a prophet of God. And of course, we all learn every day. <laughs> God must have said to, to me, look at my daughter, she's saying in six months. Prophet Elijah said, Elisha said, by this time, tomorrow. So after three days, the young man called me and he could barely talk. So I was like, what's going on? And he said that the property he told me about, that the American government zoned that area. So I said, explain better. So he said, from what he said was just like victory inheritance that is in this area. And this, the whole of Lekki is being zoned just because of victory inheritance. So because of that prop property and because the servant of God have spoken, if I be a prophet of God, that God will make you a millionaire in six months. So God moved into the American government, raised somebody, they zoned the area that within three days, the property of $70,000 was worth $1.68 million US dollars in three days. Is it prophetess Deborah? No. But because God said he will confirm the words of his servant. You have sown and God has seen your heart. And your heart is that you want this house of God. Like David. You to see it built. I love what Pastor Nelson was saying. That he doesn't know about you. That anytime he comes he climbs those stairs. He looks at the lift. That shows his heart. And I know so many of you are like that. David was building out of his trouble. Even when, when, he, when he, he could have said, I have problems. I've not paid my children's school fees. There's no food in the house. I have to take care of this. They said, no, this is the best time to build the house of God. Take care of God's business. And God will take care of your business. Is it for Pastor Nelson? Is it for um, Prophetess Lizzie? Is it for Apostle? Apostle is just a shepherd over this commission. He's under God. Hallelujah. So what you're doing is for you, your children, your generation. So if you look at your pockets and the needs you have, you will not do anything. And if you look at that you have sown before, you will not do anything. When you talk about, uh, I love this guy. My love for him is in my actions. It's not a lip service. So if I tell God I love you, 
It has to be in my actions. That anything about God, it drives me crazy. Amen. Amen. On Wednesday, I told them exactly what the Lord said. He said, at 30, Jesus started his public ministry. And Joseph ascended the throne at age 30. And like I said, talking about doors, great doors. Say, so if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. What I'm here to do here this morning is to agree with the seeds you have sown before concerning this building. And then connect the manifestation with what you're about to sow. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I see an outbreak of breakthrough in this house. Amen. You know, God's ways are not our ways. And if you look at it, you can see that the books are few. So, what the Lord is laying in my heart is this. Three thousand thirty naira, thirty thousand naira, and three hundred and thirty thousand naira. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. God knows your pocket. If you if you know that you have that and you want to challenge God and you say, Okay, I'm gonna go for the three thousand thirty naira, that's fine, it's between you and God. And you have three hundred and thirty and you say you want to go for thirty thousand, it's between you and God. But if you had the testimony I shared with you and you want the unusual, the supernatural, then you're going to step out. Not for any man. Not for me. Not for we hope you've been blessed by this message. To experience more, visit us on Wednesdays by 6.30pm and Sundays 8.30am at Victory Inheritance Ministries. Plot 25, Block A, Kusela Road, Ikate, Elegushi, Waterfront, Fort Roundabout, along Konoyo Gas Station, Lekki, Lagos, Nigeria. Or follow us on Facebook at Victory Inheritance Ministries. Or you can email us at vimministries at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you. <laughs>